All right, everybody, welcome back to Average Joe Moviegoer. I am your host, Jake Humphreys. Joining me today is my beautiful wife, Morgan Humphreys. Hi, guys. If you know that song, you're one of the lucky ones, and you know what movie we are talking about today. That movie is Shrek 2, one of our favorites. (laughs) So, um, before we get into us talking about it we found a super perfect review to sum this up of uh why this movie is so great this is a imdb user really imdb um reviews are the only ones you can trust because critics are garbage but this one is perfect so morgan's gonna go ahead and read that for us okay this is from von news he says proof that god has to be real One of the greatest treasures humanity has come across. Breathtaking imagery, intelligent dialogue, and well-thought-out characters. A tale of bravery, betrayal, murder, and redemption. Shrek is willing to take all the weight on his shoulders and save the world from trouble. Shrek 2 is a great movie for family and drinking buddies alike. The pixels of my generation. Shrek 2 is a gift sent by God to reward us for keeping the faith. Checkmate, atheists. (laughs) I mean, you can't get any better than that. Like, we should just end the podcast now because that was just too perfect. Oh my gosh! The uh, so before we talk about it, <clears throat> the movie in general, wanted to give a little background on Shrek Two and why uh, why we like it so much. I guess so. I don't know if you remember this. This was the first movie we bought as a married couple. Oh, I didn't remember that. I know. That's cute that you remember that. I know, I'm adorable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For selfish reasons, obviously, because I love this movie. <laughs> was, it, was it in the $5 movie bin? Yep. Because we were real poor. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I love this movie growing up, and I remember we went, we were on our honeymoon in St. George, and we went to Walmart just looking around. I don't even think we were there to buy anything. Probably just groceries because we were like, yeah, we'll buy groceries for the week. And then we didn't (laughs) eat them. We just ate out every day. Um, But one of the we stopped by the five dollar movie bin and I saw this and I was like, we're buying this because this is one of my favorite movies. There you go. I had no idea. I did not remember this at all. No, I completely forgot. But it's awesome. (laughs) I feel like we watched. I almost feel like we watched it. On our honeymoon, like it was on the TV or something like that. But maybe we, we might just have. maybe there's a DVD player. Maybe we the, bought it and we watched it. I think that's probably what it was. That's really funny. Yeah. So your memory serves you well. In this <laughs> One case. of the only times. <laughs> if you know me at all, you know I don't remember anything, but I remember that because it has to do with Shrek too. Uh, also, <laughs> funny story. Do you want me to tell it or you about bedtime stories regarding Shrek too? Oh, I can I can share this. Yeah. So Jake knows this movie inside out from end to end. Just I mean, I feel like everybody has a movie that they're this way with. For me, it's Emperor's New Groove. I feel like I can quote like from the theme music all the way through the movie. So Jake is so good at telling the events of Shrek 2 that when I am like dying to go to sleep at night and I like can't sleep for whatever reason, I'll be like could you just tell the story of Shrek 2 and he'll recount it from like opening credits to closing credits, word for word, line by line, explaining where the characters go and what they're doing. So 
I mean, this podcast was bound to happen, like, based off of that. And uh, I don't know. It'll be a good change of pace. I'll say that much. (laughs) (laughs) And something to go along with telling it at night is because you're trying to go to sleep, I do it in a very monotone way. But it's also like reading the screenplay. If you were to read the screenplay, like I'm telling where everything is and what's going on yep. and all that good stuff. But <laughs> it's uh, it's just kind of an inside joke for us that whenever Morgan needs to go to sleep, I tell the story of Shrek 2. And it works pretty much like Every right time. away. Within five minutes, she's out. I just start to tune it out. <laughs> and then the next, like the next night, same thing. I just pick up where I left off. Yep. It's perfect. Pretty much. So, uh, like you said, this is a good change of pace. I wanted to do something a little different because uh, I had really done a lot of superhero movies up to this point. But in my defense, that is a lot of what pop culture is nowadays, is superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Every summer, two to three movies, superhero movies come out. Uh, it was bound to happen that way. But wanted to change it up. This is the very first animated movie that we've done. And and hopefully won't be the last. because. Yeah. There's some good ones. Oh, yeah. And also, well, it's not the first comedy, but it's the first comedy we like. Thor Ragnarok is a comedy, but it's garbage. Thor Ragnarok shouldn't have been a comedy. Yeah. But that's for another podcast. (laughs) And we already did that one. (laughs) So uh, let's talk about animation in the first place. Okay. Do you remember? I got to ask. Do you remember seeing this in theaters? Oh, yeah. And were you? Did you feel like a visible difference in animation? Like, you were about to go into that. Yeah. I saw this when I was a teenager with my family, actually. It's one of the few movies we saw as a family because paying for, like, eight people to go see a movie is not a cheap feat. But we went and saw this movie (laughs) as a family. And, uh, yeah, I remember when the first Shrek came out. And this this isn't like bashing on Disney or Pixar or anything. They just have different animation styles. Oh, you can totally tell a yeah a DreamWorks from a Pixar movie. Yeah, especially back then. P- Pixar is more, and Disney they're more. It's more of a cartoon animation. Like there's obviously detail, but it's not. Um, they have completely different faces, like yeah. the structure of their characters. If you notice, um, Disney characters and their um, any movie that has a human in it, yeah. their eyes are really, really big, more yep. cartoon style eyes. And then, um, I mean, you're probably going to get into this, but DreamWorks, I mean, they've done what, How to Train Your Dragon. They've done Shrek. Those are the Spickle ones that have, me, yeah. But the Spickle Me is more of a cartoony. Yeah. Well, Gru's supposed to be kind of cartoony. Yeah. But for the most part, their facial features are human more accurate human to face. human yeah. yeah human proportions and features yeah and that's what i think makes this unique because i remember when the first shrek came out that was like a big deal mm-hmm. it was like holy crap they made these people look like people yep but it's animated and so it was it was cool to see that and it's a cool change of pace you know compared to to disney and pixar that's one way to be different is mm-hmm. to to make it more lifelike more realistic mm-hmm. but Again, not a bash on Pixar Disney because we love that animation too. Um, So why does Shrek has kind of become like a pop culture icon? I I know, so I teach eighth grade and my eighth graders talk about Shrek and maybe there's something on TikTok or something. I don't know, but they talk about (laughs) Shrek. Like I hear a reference to Shrek at least two to three times a day without fail. 
And I don't even think they've been alive since any of them have come out, except for maybe the last one, but the last one's not the best. No, they they haven't even. Oh, yeah, I guess you're saying the last Forever one. Forever after. Yeah, I time. haven't even seen that, I, I don't think. I saw half of it. So maybe they've seen, or like Puss in Boots, maybe they've seen. Yeah, I guess they've seen But Puss they wouldn't Boots. have been born in 04 when the second one yeah. was out. Yeah. So what is it about Shrek that everybody loves? See, I know what I love about it. Go for it. But it's funny because I feel like the pop culture of today's group, like your eighth graders, high schoolers, they like memorialize and like put into legacy the weirdest things. <laughs> <laughs> like like Bob Ross and like Jeff Goldblum and like all these people that are – I mean, I get to an extent why they're iconic, but I'm like, why is it iconic to that group? You know what I mean? For me, it was like – the epitome of my childhood. Like that was the peak of when all those big animation movies started coming out. And I was little with, um, the original Shrek, like first grade 2001. Wow. Yep. And then 2004 for the second one. So fourth grade, but that's like peak time to start. Like you really retain what you're watching (laughs) and you, you go to see a movie and you really remember it well. And, so I think it's just iconic for me because it was like the epitome of my childhood, like those first two. And then the third, I don't remember at what point that came out, a few years after the second I think it one. It came out like 2007, yeah. my senior year, so 2008 maybe. Basically within like the first like 13 years of my life, all three of those were out. And I told you this earlier today, but I remember going to, we were on our way to Disneyland and we stopped at a, a Las Vegas McDonald's. Uh-huh. And they were selling these, or not selling, but the toy that came with the kids' meal was like a Shrek and Fiona, like everything was Shrek related. And so, I mean, if you think about it, I think the reason it's in part so iconic was it wasn't just, like you said, it was a family movie. It yep. wasn't just a kiddie movie. There was something in it for every age group like there was adult humor (laughs) which you watch now and you're like oh my gosh that went over my head as a kid and but it was funny for everybody like it wasn't just funny for even if you don't get a nine-year-old it's still funny because you're like oh that's funny yeah it's even funnier when you get the reference it was engaging and and yeah i remember getting my kids meal and there was this like spinning Fiona toy where you pushed a button and she'd spin in and she was an ogre and then she'd spin back out and she was the princess. I always wanted her to stay the princess, but I understand the <laughs> so, value now. <laughs> so does my mom speaking of her staying the princess because in this movie, Shrek turns into a human and Fiona's human again. And I just remember because at the end they kiss or they don't kiss in order to stay human. They, they go back to being to ogres. ogres. And my mom, to this day, anytime it's on or it's talked about, she's like, I just wish they would have stayed human. Yeah. Why would you go back to being an ogre? That's so gross and ugly. <laughs> I can I can totally see her saying that. That's really funny. Uh, but, but, but I guess that doesn't really answer your question, though. I just I just feel like it was it was funny for all ages and it was unique. Like yeah. it wasn't Shrek DreamWorks first. Isn't Shrek what made DreamWorks Their what it is? Their first animated one? Yeah. Yeah, not their first movie, but the first animated movie for sure. Because that's where they got the da da da, like mm-hmm. their their um logo theme Little song that goes with thing. it. Yeah, was from Shrek, yeah. so that makes it kind of iconic too. It was it's true. probably the biggest thing that DreamWorks had done in that way. Yeah, to date. Yeah, and it's fun because it kind of 
you know, picks on the Disney characters that we know and the fairy yeah. tales and stuff like that. And that makes it fun. Well, and I don't know, I'd be interested to read the context of um, the original book because it's Shrek is based yeah, which on a is book. interesting that we found out just after this movie. It says based on the book written by, can't remember his I name, had his but name I guess Shrek is a book if you can find it. And that would be really interesting to read. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's based on a book. Williams, it's either Steig or Steig, S-T-E-I-G. And yeah, it says it's a humorous children's book published in 1990 about a repugnant and monstrous green creature who leaves home to see the world and ends up saving a princess. So well, it sounds like the book was humorous too. There you go. Little fun fact and tangent for you. <laughs> but uh, one, one of the things that I think makes Shrek great, at least this one, I didn't notice it as much in the first one. Then again, to be honest with you, I've watched the second one like... Way Probably more. <laughs> 20 more times than I've seen the first one, even though I love the first one, too. But the pop culture references, they are literally everywhere. I made a tally of the pop culture references that I noticed. And these are just the ones that I noticed. Mm -hmm. I have 20 tallies of pop culture references. <laughs> and like three of those happen within the first five minutes of the movie. We get the uh, the Charlie's Angels hair flip. At the time, that was the <laughs> Charlie's Angels reboot with Cameron Diaz and right from Drew Barrymore. You know, Prince Charming takes off his helmet and he does the slow mo slow motion hair flip. You get the Lord of the Rings ring on Fiona's finger and the tavern. The, that's yeah, supposed you get to be that. Lord of the Rings esque. Yep, you get. Uh, you also get the Spider Man upside down kiss. In oh, the yeah. very in the first montage, like I forgot about that so one. many things. And we'll talk about Antonio Banderas and Puss in Boots, but he does a little pee and it's three scratches, just like Zorro, who Puss in Boots is basically Zorro, which is just perfect mm -hmm. that Antonio Banderas does both of them. But I heard a little fun fact about that. Go for it. So um, they were considering casting Tim Allen for that role. Mm -hmm. And I think that Antonio Banderas is a way... Better choice. better choice. I think that his character, like you said, because it was a Zorro reference, like there was so much flair to that. And Tim Allen, I'm sure, would have made it his own and different yeah. and everything. But there's something about it's like, how can you picture Antonio Banderas <laughs> as a cat? And yeah. yet he is so clearly Antonio Banderas. Like, yeah. it's just it's really good. He was Look, like made for that character. Looking back, like. In retrospect, if there was Tim, I don't know how it would have been as funny with Tim Allen because it wouldn't have been, they would have laid off the Zorro-esque yeah. thing. They obviously play hard on it because you know that it's Antonio Banderas, but I think that's what makes it so funny. Yeah, I think if they had done Tim Allen, it would have had to be like his own, I think the character would have been built around him, yeah. you know, kind of like how um, Aladdin the new Aladdin is Junie yeah. is built around Will Smith and he makes right. it his own as opposed to Robin Williams. Who's yeah. iconic, you know, it's true, but I'm glad they went the Antonio Banderas direction. Yeah. He's awesome. So what is your, well, tell us some of the pop culture references that you noticed. I just named a few. What are some that you noticed? Um, I mean, because I was watching for them, this 
this time around, I feel like I noticed a lot more. I always realized, you know, right from the get-go as a kid that they're going into far, far away, but that that's basically Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And it plays on that throughout. It's got this city vibe and there's all these people. You've got the red carpet at the end yep. that, and the crowds and the, we don't know and her e name. Entertainment. E Joan Entertainment. Rivers. Joan Rivers. Thank there you. you. Be as herself, basically. And so there was those references to just that Hollywood lifestyle. Um, this time around, as we watched, we saw a ton of like restaurant and shopping references that were really funny. Like um, you'll see if you go through, you'll see like Abercrombie and Witch. Yep. They have Starbucks, but they call it Farbucks. They have um, just a whole bunch of funny references like that. What's Ver Archery? Oh, Versarchery, like Versace. Yeah. yeah, there were a lot of really funny ones of those. But I think my favorite moment this time as far as pop culture references go was watching the giant gingerbread man, Mo- Mongo? Mongo. Mongo. And he's like storming the castle. And first he's like this happy-go-lucky guy, almost like like a, I don't know, Stay Puft Marshmallow type character, yeah. like not really going to hurt anybody. And then he gets angry because the gumdrop button, which was a great homage to the, <laughs> to first, the first movie. One. Not the gumdrop button. <laughs> so he gets angry because that gets melted <laughs> off of him. And then you hear it's the original Japanese Godzilla shriek yeah. that comes out of his mouth. And then he goes into full on like manic mode and is ripping down the castle. And then, I mean, I don't know. Do you want me to delve into the, his ending scene Go too? For it. Yep. When he falls into the river. He he's laying there and the little gingerbread man is like, no, don't leave. And he says, be good. (laughs) (laughs) Like E.T. So even just that one like dramatic scene has so many pop culture references from the 80s, the 90s, like so much going on there. Yeah, I love it. I think that's what I think that's another reason why Shrek is so funny is just the pop culture references Mm -hmm. and. You also get uh, like the chest buster scene from Alien. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Puss, in Boots. Puss in Boots is going <laughs> to kill Shrek and he pops out of him. This is kind of, we talked about it just a little bit, but what, 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 what do you feel about Shrek being human? Mm. Like I said, as a kid, I was like, oh, Shrek's not ugly anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the premise of it is that. The whole premise of both of those movies is about it's not your look that matters. It's about like finding true love and who you are and being a good person. And and so it was interesting. I heard that um, I heard that they created his human character and animated it based off of the way that Mike Myers looks in real life, which that's usually what they do mm -hmm. with animation. They. They add some kind of characteristic to, to make them look like themselves. Yeah. But I also think it was interesting because as a human character, he still resembled Shrek in a weird mm-hmm. way to me. And I don't know if that's because Mike Myers' voice just really makes Shrek what he is. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was interesting when he when he became human. And it, honestly, I didn't know if they would choose to stay human or not the first time I watched up until the very end. Mm-hmm. But I think. They played on that theme throughout, which is a little bit of a weird theme, I guess. But it's not necessarily 
the fact that they're human that matters. I mean, yeah. Fiona's dad, they play on that same theme. Right. You know? Yeah. I, uh, the thing that I think is great about it is we get to, we've seen Fiona in human form mm-hmm. and ogre form. And then we also get to see Shrek in a human form. And the good thing about it is you still know it's Shrek. Mm-hmm. And I think if, I think if it wasn't for Mike Myers and the voice, because mm-hmm. obviously the voice of Shrek is iconic. If, if he didn't have that iconic voice, I don't even know if they'd be able to do it because it would just be like, who's this human imposter yeah. that is supposed to be Shrek. Yeah. But you just, you don't even like miss a beat. It doesn't feel like it's anyone different. And that's, that's cool. I that's agree special. with that. I, yeah, I think that, he really makes the character who he is. And all of them really make the character. They Eddie Murphy is fantastic. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> well, and, and Cameron Diaz is Fiona. Like yep. you, you never see their actual face. Obviously they're voice actors, but when you can convey your personality yep. and characterization through your voice alone, that's, that's talent for sure. It's really impressive. So you had forgotten what you wanted to say regarding pop culture. Was there something else that you thought of? (laughs) I was just going to add, like, if you've ever watched this movie, if you had the DVD, something you have to do if you didn't is play Far, Far Away Idol, (laughs) which just struck me as a pop culture reference because I want to say American Idol, was it 2000 or 2001, the first season? Aired. something like somewhere that. around Simon there is one of the judges on far far away yeah so it's... it was recent it was like first two years american idol and i think it was, it was huge 2000 that it that american idol started i don't know we'll have to look it up but if you haven't done that that's what i was gonna say is you do this whole play of like the characters get up and they're singing and you're judging their far far away idol performance which and, one you like so that's something if you haven't experienced that go get your dvd Pop it in. Pop it in and play Far, Far Away Idol. <laughs> yes. Not that important. Just a little it's tangent. Fun, <laughs> it's fun. Simon Cal comes and judges actual Simon Cal, so it's fun. Yeah. Okay, so the big question then, which is better, Shrek 1 or Shrek 2? We're not even going to include Shrek 3 or 4 because, honestly, Shrek 3 is not very good. I think and they all... it led me not to want to watch Shrek 4. So. Yeah, I think I watched Shrek 3 one time. Same. In theaters. In theaters. And and I didn't laugh once. Yeah. It was fine. But I think having seen the first and second one, you were like, oh, that was kind of a letdown. And on this one, I don't think we're an unpopular opinion on that. I think that most people would say, yeah, the rest of them, not so good. We haven't seen Puss in Boots. I have heard I've seen Puss in Boots. I think it's hilarious. I was going to say, I've heard that that's funny. It's it's like outrageous, but it's my kind of humor. So I like it. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. Um, where were we going with this? What was your question? Which is better? Oh, yeah. First or second? <laughs> so, um, it's hard because, uh, I would say the first one, it sets up everything you know and love so much about the second one. The first one moves at a much slower pace. Like, thinking back on it, there's a lot less... There's a lot of action in the movie, but I would say there's a lot more slow-moving humor, right? Mm. Whereas in the second one, it's, like, right off the bat. It's, like, honeymoon humor, back to the house humor, we're going to far, far away Newly married couple humor. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot of movement and a lot of story that they pack in. Um, 
I would say that each one has different things about it that are likable. You know, the first one is like a sarcastic fairy tale. Like yeah. that's kind of the vibe that they're trying to give you is like this humorous fairy tale. An unlikely fairy tale is kind of right. the way I see it. And it sets up your love for the characters. You you couldn't have the humor of the second one if you didn't have the foundation that the first one gave you. Like right. you couldn't just write that story and be like, here's a story of an ogre that got married. And like, yeah, it just wouldn't be funny without that established foundation. But I would say as far as like, if I'm watching for like pure nostalgia, I'd probably watch the first one. But if I'm watching for what's more witty and more funny, I think the second one. Yeah. That's kind of my take. So I think you already know for me. Mm-hmm. I love. <laughs> uh, you can't quote Shrek one from end to end. <laughs> yeah. I love the first one. I really do. But the second one, man, I could watch that. We literally watched it. Probably three weeks ago. I think you did. And I don't know if yeah. I watched it with you. Well, we wa- I watched <laughs> it three weeks ago, and then I literally watched it right before this podcast. So I could pop it in at any time and think it's hilarious. Honestly, I've seen it probably 50 times, and I don't think that's an exaggeration. <sighs> it probably lot. is, but I feel like I've seen it 50 times. <laughs> Get a life, man. Jeez. I know. I, Gosh. That's why I decided to do this podcast. <laughs> like, got to talk about all the stuff I've seen. Um, Better than Captain America Winter Soldier. Whoa. That's hard. No, I'm saying it's better that that's on in our house than. Oh, why though? You don't like Winter Soldier? <sighs> I love it. It's just. What's wrong with you? It's a lot. It's a good change up to what have What do you mean Shrek. it's a lot? Jake, is, Jake has watched Captain America Winter Soldier so many times in our marriage, I don't even know if it's I can count. my <laughs> go-to. I'm cleaning the kitchen, Winter Soldier. Uh, if I'm sitting on the couch, Winter Soldier. If I'm sad, Winter Soldier. Or Mission Impossible. Or Mission Impossible. Both of which I'll get to in future podcasts. <laughs> and both of which I've already talked about in other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> um, who... Another category category for you who is the best slash funniest character Mm. that's a good question one i should have pondered on better Mm. i would say in this one i almost want to say i like puss in boots the best like he just has so many like quiet, funny moments, subtle, his big old yeah. like crying eyes that he his does. Puppy dog eyes, kitten eyes. That everybody that's what hyped me up for the movie. I remember being like, Oh, he's gonna be in that. <laughs> he's super funny. And I would still say that Donkey is kind of what makes Eddie Murphy. With his, nice. with his quick-witted humor and his, I mean, I was reading up and the things that he ad-libs, like, the dude just breathes comedy. Like, he's just oh, yeah. so, so good. Everything that comes out of his mouth is pure comedic gold. Yeah. So I would say those two. And uh, Mike Myers is hilarious. They're all hilarious. But I don't know. It's hard to choose a character because it's not so much what they say as what they do. Like the Mm. whole Pinocchio scene when they're going down the jail. Like, can we talk about that? That's hilarious. Oh, we're getting there. 
that will definitely come up here shortly. Um, okay, so you say Puss in Boots, but runner-up donkey? I would say for this movie, yes. Yeah. So uh, I have to agree with you, Puss in Boots, man. New character, and he's hilarious. And like we talked about, Antonio Banderas, and they play on the Zorro thing so much that it's just so perfect, mm-hmm. especially for us. People who love the Mask of Zorro movie. And who love cats. Well, I don't love cats. Morgan <laughs> but I loves do. cats. I need to put that <laughs> disclaimer out there. Uh, but and Puss in Boots for sure is hilarious. I love, like you said, the quick lines. Like, for example, when um, Donkey passes out after drinking the potion. And he's like, hey, boss, let's shave him. <laughs> okay, so my favorite moment one of my favorite moments with puss in boots is when they get caught right they're like about to storm the castle about to do all that and fairy godmother is like she does not want them to be there and so there's basically like i don't know warrant out there for them or whatever and and then uh they're like patting down puss in boots and they're like we got catnip and then he's like that's That's not mine That is yeah. one of my favorite parts just because, oh my gosh, it's like self-explanatory, but every time well, we that quote whole, that so often, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's uh, not mine. mine. <laughs> and we say it at the same time every time. Jinx. <laughs> but I love that part so much. And that whole part in general, the the knights like cops <laughs> is just so perfect. And I can't believe I didn't talk about this on Pop Culture References, the white Bronco heading east. <laughs> is a reference to O.J. Simpson's car chase in his white Bronco. And if you know me, at least as of like three years ago, probably. Yeah. I have become obsessed with the, the O.J. Simpson trial. The case. Case. Like, I am just absolutely obsessed. So, I think the first time I saw it, I actually understood that. But... It didn't have as much weight for me. Then but you watch now... the people versus OJ. <laughs> yeah. But now <laughs> after becoming so obsessed and then watching this part now is just so much more funny. I love it. I love it. So speaking of funniest parts or best parts. So we'll, we'll call it best slash funniest parts. You kind of already mentioned one with Puss in Boots. But what is another one of your best slash funniest parts my favorite so this is kind of random and i don't know why it's so funny there's so much at the end that's funny to me like the jail scene but again i think we'll get to that because we're going to talk about the ending yes but one of my favorite like quiet humor moments is when shrek and donkey and puss in boots walk into the fairy godmother's factory and there's this like scrawny little guy sitting at the counter and He's like all reserved and he's like, she's not here right now. And they're like, oh, well, you know, we're from the we're from the union. We're from the (laughs) union. And he starts asking him questions. And then you hear the guy and he's like, yeah, we don't even have dental. (laughs) And for some reason, that strikes me as so funny, that whole conversation, just because it's like they're just getting him to unionize about the work conditions and stuff like that. And anyway, that whole scene cracks me up. I know that's not like it's kind of random, but I just think that whole scene is hilarious with their back and forth with him. No, that part is good. My we've talked about it already, but so I'm going to split it into two. The funniest part to me is the jail scene Mm -hmm. when Pinocchio and 
the three little pigs and Jinji come to break him out. And <laughs> they do the Mission Impossible thing, which is just perfect again. And then Pinocchio gets all tangled up. Jinji comes down and they're like, quick, tell a lie. <laughs> He's like, what should I say? Say something crazy like you're wearing ladies' underwear. <laughs> then, uh, I'm wearing ladies', ladies underwear. underwear. And then it doesn't happen. And then it's a thong! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that was just, oh my gosh. It's so funny every single time. Because not only does he, he just finds the thong and then snaps it on him. <laughs> and it's like a pink thong. Pinocchio is wearing a freaking thong. See, again, <laughs> something that as a child I'd be like, <laughs> Like yeah. underwear, and then as an adult, I'm like, they're sitting there talking about a thong, yeah. and he just like snapped. Like I just, the humor is so. Uh, there are so many like adult-ish humor moments, yep. like the fairy godmother song at the beginning when yeah. she's singing about <laughs> Kyle with his sexy tush. Yep. Sorry if you're listening with kids, but <laughs> yeah. there you go. She's like, there are so many moments that I'm like, oh my gosh, they put that in there and i was like nine years old and did not think twice didn't even notice it nope not at all but and then he flips around and he's got the whip that part is just too good also in that scene and little tiny things throughout that make it funny but they always have the three blind mice doing stuff that blind (laughs) mice shouldn't be doing like the blind mouse at the beginning of that jail scene yeah he tries to light it it and he just like falls in (laughs) and then he's using his and then Puss in Boots eats him. I don't know if you noticed that. He tries to yes, eat him. Yes, he tries to. Spit him out. It's like they're trying to use these little characters yeah. and they're like, it's like when they make Vitruvius on Lego Movie. Yes. Sneaking around the corner. <laughs> Which is another one we're going to podcast about oh my soon. Gosh. Um, so like I said, I'm going to split it into two because although that's the funniest part to me, honestly, my favorite part, and this is like not even necessarily comedic. It's just like iconic it's fun and it's action-packed and it like is just a cool scene in general is the final scene with shrek storming the castle the six minute montage yeah and uh the fairy godmother singing the cover of i need a hero Mm -hmm. like which is so much better than the original like it's not disrespect bonnie tyler okay we're not gonna dis. okay you know i love bonnie tyler well, totally I'm clips just, of the heart. I know, but you know I love music. I am I'm not one to say that I like a cover better than the original, but in my opinion, this cover with like the symphonic aspect to it and like <laughs> making it so heroic, it makes it cooler than the original. And it I, is awesome. I bet I'm not alone in that. I bet other people think that well, too. You know, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I just I don't want to be on record as saying that something is better than Bonnie Tyler's version. Mm. So I won't say it. You can assume. (laughs) (laughs) But that scene is awesome. And everything about it is just so much fun. Is when I listen to that song, like not watching the movie, all I do is picture the movie and I get like goosebumps because it's that cool. Same as like when I I mentioned in the podcast last week about Endgame, when I listen to the song Portals, when I'm just listening to it without watching the movie, I think about the movie and then I get goosebumps. Mm -hmm. This song has the same effect, Mm -hmm. which makes it fun. Yep. When you can have an amazing soundtrack and you pair it perfectly and line it up with what's happening, like it doesn't matter that the whole movie is a comedy. Yeah. You are still going to get like that chills moment because you're like, 
that's what it's made to do. Like the yeah. music, truly the music is what makes that scene that what awesome. it is. Because yeah. it just narrates what's happening so perfectly. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah, I do that too. whole ending is awesome. Speaking of soundtrack, I know you wanted to touch on the soundtrack. Shrek's have great soundtrack. Yes. And Shrek 2 specifically has a fantastic soundtrack. I mean, it kicks it off. The first song is Accidentally in Love from Counting Crows, which that's like the perfect song to get you hyped to watch this movie and you're on a good note. But then they pull these old classics right at the perfect times. Like you have Funky Town when Mm -hmm. you're going into Far, Far Away and then um, Changes when Shrek and Donkey and um, when they change into their stallionized, humanized versions of themselves. And a fun fact about that song. So that song was re-recorded. It's a cover, but also not. It was covered by a band called Butterfly Boucher, which... Sounds like a band I want to listen to. I uh, feel like I have heard of them in my, like, recollection, but I couldn't tell you what they have done besides this. Never heard of them. But, But you know music better than I do. But... So, and I don't know if this is, I saw this on IMDb in the trivia, but um, David Bowie does the original song and he supposedly liked this song so much and the way that they did it, that he sang the backup vocals for it. And so Super cool. it is their cover of his song. But if you look, he is in there credited and everything and he's singing with them, which I think was pretty sweet. And of course, there's other songs along the way that are really, really good and they fit the mood. And um, this, I don't know. I always think it's cool when movies can do pop culture songs, radio songs, soft rock, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But in the same token, do like the symphonic, like what you'd picture in an animation, like more of a soundtrack style. I love it when they can do both. And this movie can. Well, Shrek has the iconic song. The, yes. the melodic song. Yes. The movie can have its theme yeah. music while still having pop culture Fun, songs yeah. in it. Fun and upbeat songs. And this just had the perfect mix of those things. And then again, the ending soundtrack just chills, man. It was like perfect for <laughs> what they were doing and the timing and the dancing and just, oh my gosh, it was so good. It's perfect. Here's my little rant about music. No, and we appreciate it. It adds a lot. Thank you. If there's good music to a movie, most of the time the movie's great. Mm-hmm. Well, so, most of the time. Yeah. I won't say every time. Yeah. But it's hard to think of an example where it's not. Yeah. Like we tried to watch Love is Blind because people were recommending oh, it. And we shut it off after like a couple episodes because well, we just we weren't like feeling four it. episodes in, but... But... Um, the soundtrack is like weird, never heard of, <laughs> almost Christian rock, but definitely not. Yeah, it's just bad. So sometimes something that should be okay is ruined by music that's just not okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's that shows for a whole other potentially podcast. Yeah, Jake loves The Bachelor. I love the Gotta Bachelor. Gotta put that out there. It's gonna happen. Whenever that comes back, we are gonna do Bachelor bonuses. So beware. <laughs> beware of that. Okay. Uh, we might have already touched on this. And if we have, just say it again. Too bad. But most quotable line. Mm. That's no mine. <laughs> is very quotable. 
Uh, it's a thumb. Yes. And for some reason, this comes into my head randomly, but when Donkey's like, trotting, trotting, trotting in place, trotting, trotting, trotting in place. And he reads the label and he's like, basically like, people who are excitable shouldn't yeah. take this. Or with, uh, what is, uh, disorders, but it's personality disorders or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he's doing that. It's just perfect. Yep. There's a lot of quotable lines in there. I love the beginning with the trumpets. All the, <laughs> and then the guy goes off and he smacks him and he's like, enough, Reggie. That's one of my favorite. I quote that all the time. One of my favorites. Yeah, that part is really funny. Yeah. And I just remember as a kid having watched this movie, if you didn't go like this, <laughs> after you watched, you weren't having a real childhood <laughs> it's true <laughs> thank you eddie murphy Donkey's once again lines. he is fantastic oh speaking of one of the funniest parts with uh donkey is the dinner scene and he's like they're talking about the swamp and he's like i know you ain't talking about the swamp and then they're like oh look at that an ogre from a swamp and then he just like digs his face into the food <laughs> and just starts like licking it up and then when they're all like Mom, Harold, Shrek, and then he's like, donkey! Like, (laughs) just fantastic. And obviously I can't do an Eddie Murphy impression justice, but Eddie Murphy is fantastic. Yeah, he's awesome. Shrek wouldn't be the same without donkey. No. So. No way. Thank you, Eddie Murphy, for that. Um, We're towards the end here of our podcast. So, any final thoughts that you wanted to share? Hmm. Most of my thoughts that I have are honestly like little fast facts and things that I learned as I read up on the movie. As she did research. I did. I researched just because I was yes. I was interested. As any good podcaster would do. So can I share some of those? Because I feel like I've summed up. I love the movie. But listen to some of these things that might make you think the movie is even greater. So um, you can watch this in the special features and it's back to the pop culture references and stuff. But Fiona has like fangirl posters all over her walls of um, boy bands, basically. Yeah. And it's boy bands that were like iconic around that time. Mm-hmm. And so um, she has one up of Sir Justin, which is like. You see that absolutely, on top. Justin yeah. Timberlake, which is also funny because I just saw this. That's when they were dating. Yes, that's what I was about yeah. to say. So it says she had started had dating him in real dated. life. Yeah. I didn't know they dated either. No, but I thought that was super funny and just ironic timing. And then Justin Timberlake's in the third one. See, I I barely remember the third one because it just isn't funny. I remember like Shrek Babies, I think, and that's yep. pretty much it. Yep. But yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, also something interesting about this is it was the first sequel ever nominated for an Oscar as best animated feature, which I think is pretty cool. It's a big deal. There's a lot of, like Toy Story 2 came out before that. Yeah. That's a big deal. First animated sequel to have that happen. Um, there was another one that I thought was interesting. Oh yeah. So... There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of like Disney jabs mm-hmm. throughout if you notice them. Like at the beginning when the fairy godmother comes into Fiona's room, she's talking to her about um 
you know, all the things that I can do for you because I'm your fairy godmother. And there's all this like talking furniture. And you notice that it's like Beauty and the Beast-esque, right? Like, and then Fiona's like, well, I don't really want this. And then the guy's like, seriously? And they're all like mad at her. He's like, fine, be that way. (laughs) Fine, be that way. (laughs) But I guess I we need to go back and watch and verify. Maybe you know because you've seen it more than I have. But it says that when the potion falls on the floor in the factory, yep. that two characters transform into Lumiere and Cogsworth. Oh, yeah. Which I think is pretty funny. They show that, like, right on the... Yeah, it's... Yeah. If you guys go to IMDb and just look up the trivia, I mean, I, there are, like, hundreds on here that are so fascinating. It was the highest grossing movie of 2004, so obviously other just people thought it was iconic. I mean, just the whole thing is is awesome. My my final thoughts on it are just that it's awesome. And once you go back and rewatch and look for all the little quirks and funny moments and hidden features that you don't even see the first time, it's so much funnier. And oh, yeah. so much funnier. If you haven't seen this movie since you were a kid, watch it watch as an it. adult because it's that much funnier as an adult. That's yes. kind of my final thoughts. On I it. agree 100%. I, like I've already said, I love this movie. It's one of my all-time favorites. If you, if you are to watch it again, I also recommend just looking out for those pop culture references just because it's super funny. Yes, y'all, like, see, like Larry King is the, the ugly, ugly stepsister. stepsister. Which is so, the ugly stepsister in general is hilarious <laughs> with Larry King's voice. Like, you gotta be kidding me. I love that so much. Those little touches like that are so perfect. Uh, go watch this movie again if you haven't seen it in a long time. And if you watched it earlier today, watch it again. Just like I'm about to do when we're done with this podcast. <laughs> so um, if, uh, if you like this podcast, please give it a like. Subscribe to Average Joe Movie Goer. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find this. Uh, join us next week. And until then, have a good day.